Are we rolling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll sound. I'll sound. Beep. All right, guys. All right, one take. All right, mark it. All right, action. Like film, that's what they all say. Great movies, it's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Film and You Win Show. I like movies, big, big movies, big movies. It's floating pictures, it's so great. Well, how's it going, everyone out there? Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy, and I hope this podcast finds you well. Uh, my name is Max, if you didn't know that already, and I'm joined with Juliet. Hello. And back by popular demand, Matt from Arizona. Or, or how hey. about Matt in Arizona? <laughs> yeah, it's like in Arizona okay, gotcha. at the moment. <laughs> uh, how are you doing? How are you holding up? How's, uh, how's oh. quarantine? It was fine, you know, making making the best of it. It's all you can really do, just cooking a lot, watching a lot of TV and movies, and yeah. How about you guys? Uh, same, same <laughs> over here. Um, it's been nice and sunny in Texas, so can't complain. Uh, yeah. Working in the yard, walking inside the house, yard work, walking outside, walking outside the house, the house nice. uh, yeah. sitting on a couch, watching movies, talking about movies on a podcast. You know, the normal. Yeah. So. Love it. <laughs> um, I just he- got a, a, a monkey, actually. Okay. Uh, From Patrick though, Dempsey. A new, a new pet monkey. Patrick Dempsey was uh, just selling them. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, yeah. P. Dempsey monkey supply. <laughs> she, she got it from a monkey store. You know, that's not weird or anything. Because <laughs> it's totally legal to sell uh, capuchin monkeys uh, at a store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's so much to discuss. Uh, well, for everyone, you know, that if you didn't read the title of this podcast, we, we're we talking about the movie Outbreak today. Um, I think, Matt, you suggested that, right? I feel like you suggested it, like, for the last time or something. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, but it happened. It's, it's very interesting rewatch because I feel like Outbreak is in the back of people's minds. Like, when uh, the coronavirus and, uh, you know, stay-at-home orders and when everything was really, like, heating when up. the coronavirus outbreak happened? Yeah, when the <laughs> outbreak started happening, um, you know, people were watching, I think, two mo- two films in particular was Contagion and Outbreak. Mm-hmm. Moana. And Moana. <laughs> and Moana. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, that was number three. Uh, yeah, Outbreak was, you know, Netflix is doing a new thing where there's, like, top ten trending movies. And yeah. I think it was uh, Outbreak was tied with Space Jam. Yeah. <laughs> really? I think so. Yeah. It was like felt like for a few weeks <laughs> it was awesome. like, your top ten, Outbreak, Space Jam. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, I think I think this show is going to be a lot of fun just because this movie where it's very topical, uh, it definitely just screams 90s. Yeah. Um, the whole time. It's yes. kind of uh, they take like something as serious as a virus, but then it ends up being like a helicopter dogfight. Yeah. It's like about bombing. It's yeah. kind of like less about finding a cure. Angry Sutherland. <laughs> yeah, just like a stupid like Colonel Quartz from Avatar type character <laughs> no. that is just so one dimensional. Um, this movie it came out in '95, so it's uh, it's '90s. It's getting up there in age. Uh, Mid '90s <laughs> stars Dustin Hoffman. Me too. Kevin Spacey. Me too. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. He's safe. Snow Dogs, uh, and uh, Rene Russo, Russell. and uh, Angry Sutherland. Yes, and Morgan Freeman. 
And uh, this guy, uh, a narrator for March of the Penguins, um, Morgan Freeman. Um, looking at this cast, I mean, this screams 90s once again. It's yeah. like, it's kind of amazing to it's see stacked. this cast. It's like, they kind of got all of these actors and uh, <laughs> lumped them together and like, oh, this is a perfect recipe. Because like, all of them were like, really well known. So this is yeah. a, definitely a big ensemble cast. It was like Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> Style. Well, this was like right after Usual Suspects. Would that make sense? Like for, for Spacey? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, the Usual Suspects. And then right before Seven? Yeah, so it was like right in the heat where these guys are in like top grossing movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, I looked up like quick numbers too because this movie was very successful as well uh, in the box office. Uh, $50 million estimated budget, but it grossed worldwide uh, pretty much almost $190 million. It was $189.8 million. And then with uh, – I don't know. Do you have a way to calculate that with, uh, God, inflation? Because <laughs> that's – I mean that's like $300 million. That's yeah. I mean I, I don't have that calculation. But yeah, definitely for 95, that's – people were going to see this that's movie. Huge. It's a really big number. Um, you know, it's it's kind of weird because Endgame obviously is like – you know what? Endgame was like two – over $2 million, It was like $2.7 million – or billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it only made two million. I think just two million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a sleeper hit. What was your budget? Three hundred fifty-six million. How much did we make? <laughs> two million. That's cats. Uh, but at least we got some money back. It's like my, like a tax return or something. <laughs> yeah, right off. <laughs> um, well, I'm ready to get get all focused with uh, outbreak. Yeah. Um, are you? You got your focus hat on, Matt? Yeah, I have my outbreak notebook oh. in front of me. I'm ready. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead. Let's get into that film focus. Hey, hey, hocus pocus. It's the film focus. All right. I am focused. We're all <laughs> focused. Let's talk about Outbreak. So, uh, Matt or Juliet, I'll throw it out there. You want to just offer a quick synopsis of this movie, I guess? Uh, what's this movie in a nutshell? I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, um, well, I mean, it worked, so. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a, an outbreak of a disease in one of the Africas, and they bomb the town. And then there's um, a interesting credit sequence where we go through the CDC, um, and then a, a monkey has it and gets taken to the Americas. And Patrick Dempsey's like, <laughs> I'm going to take this monkey to California. So he takes the monkey to a monkey store and uh, then the the monkey gets him sick and then he gets on a plane and goes to Boston. Then Boston's super sick. I like, I like how this quick synopsis is basically the whole movie. And then, and then this happens and this happens. <laughs> the play by play. No, it was good. I want you to just keep going. This is, and then we'll we'll just call it a day. Okay. So Renee Rousseau and Dustin Hoffman used to be married, and they have two dogs that are like really they love baths. And the dogs are comedic relief. They are, and Dustin Hoffman hates sleeves. And okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna stop you there uh, to quickly break it down. After mishandling a virus back, um, wait, you didn't write this. 
You put Ju- Juliet on the spot to say synopsis. <laughs> now you're reading the back of the VHS. I'm not. <laughs> Juliet, confirm. I'm staring at you when I say this. Okay. He wrote it on my forehead. <laughs> yeah. After, basically, after mishandling a virus uh, back in the day during a war in a small African village, it's resurfaced again. An outbreak happens, and it's basically contained to a, a small town in Northern California. And then the military... Just wants to blow them all up, but Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. But but <laughs> can Dustin Hoffman stop that? The answer is yes. Wow! Spoilers. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Um, let's just you know dive right into the beginning because this cold open with the war and blowing up, and right away we're introduced to Donald Sutherland. That like he's the best doctor in the world, right? His solution to everything is blow it up. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kill it. Nuke it. It's a virus. Just nuke, it's just microscopic. Get rid of it. Nuke it. Get rid of it. Well, there's children there. Eh. Could you imagine get rid of them. if he's just a regular doctor and you're like, so I've been having this fever. All right, blow him up. But what's funny is that he's nuking. <laughs> Wait a he, he nuked a disease that wasn't even airborne. It's way more controllable when it's not airborne. And he nuked Yeah, I mean, he didn't research anything. He just looked at uh, how they were looking. He looked he's at like, the dead bodies. He's like, it's Ugh. worse than I thought. Blow him up. Well, he just wants to blow. Like, he just is just a stupid character that just wants to kill everyone. <laughs> he just likes to blow like, shit up. Man. But they, they establish that it's not airborne in the very beginning. Yeah. I know. But he just looks at some dead bodies like, oh, my God. Just blow them up. <laughs> like, kill them all. They're gross. already dead. <laughs> and like, I guess what? Is this like 15 years later or something? And he's like, all right, what's your solution this time? Blow it up. Blow it up. <laughs> we'll come back in another 15 years. I don't understand the problem. What if he was like a medical doctor for a sports team? Like, I think he tore his ACL. You got to kill up. Blow them up. Blow them up. <laughs> They're under like the little tent in the sidelines with little tiny explosions happening inside. Yeah, the blue tent. They're going into the blue tent. <laughs> Some reason, uh, ever since we signed him on as our uh, doctor, just everyone gets blown up. Just stick this firecracker in your shoe. And light uh, it Sunday night football was crazy last night. He blew up half explosive. the <laughs> It was explosive. Oh, man. So I like also that this movie is about a virus, but the opening turns into virus it's a, guy. It's a war movie, though. <laughs> it starts off like bombs exploding, oh, you know, yeah, there's monkeys. It's and um, it's very, uh, very military um, yes. oriented, this whole film. It's, I it feel feels, like it's more it about the so military. It that part of it yeah. to me. It feels like parts of like Independence Day, uh, Deep Impact, um, like what else? It like has that same element, like the siege. Yeah. Uh, there's like a huge military presence. Yeah, it felt like if I want to compare it to, because I think it's in the same family, like Contagion, where mm-hmm. the movie Contagion. I mean, I think Contagion's so much better. Well, it's, like, it, it is. It, it is, and I and I. And what I love about Contagion, too, is it felt like they really, like, consulted with scientists about it when they're really trying (laughs) to come up with their own virus. Whereas this one was like, Um, monkey scratches! Yeah, so if I compared them, like, Contagion is more about how to handle a virus in society. Whereas this one felt like a movie of, all right, we got all these actors, we want it to be a military movie, what could they be struggling against? Uh, How about a virus? Whatever. Will we blow stuff up? put an animal in it? Yeah. (laughs) I, um, I feel like they just like Michael Crichton did or something. Because yeah. like, like the, the, not to bring it to Jurassic Park, but the end of Jurassic Park, the book, they blow up the island. And That's true. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, are they just taking this stuff? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's the 90s feel with it, but I was, uh, it was really 
weird when I was rewatching it because I've watched it a couple times now since being in quarantine, but it's been a long time uh, before that. I didn't really remember how military heavy this movie was when I look back at it. But the rewatch, I was like, wow, this is definitely like, yeah, um, Dustin Hoffman is is like he's a military CDC guy. He's he's so poorly miscast, I think, in this movie. Yeah. Like he doesn't have balls to me. It's like it's it's Tootsie, you know, and I love Tootsie. Rain Man. He's not. I don't know. (laughs) I wouldn't be afraid of him. Yeah, so this um let's talk a little bit about the casting. I mean, I think we all agree that Donald Sutherland this is the role he was born to play. Yeah. yeah. Um just he's just it's, he loves playing an evil guy. Yeah. This um, is actually his real um how he got uh the job on Hunger Games was just being an evil dictator. Yeah. Uh so Donald Sutherland works. I think Patrick Dempsey was perfect, uh for the very careless uh <laughs> Uh, I don't know how you describe that character. Just really cool '90s hip guy, you know. Yeah, he has like the sweater, leather jacket, leather jacket, but then leather also jacket, like a flannel hair. tied around his waist. Yeah. He he felt like a boyfriend from Full House. Like yeah. totally, yes, that is yeah. that is so accurate. Oh my god! Like, or he's friends with uh, I forget a boyfriend's name, but I bet Juliet knows. Uh, Steve. Yes, there you go. DJ there you Tanner's go. boyfriend, Steve's friends, Steve? the monkey guy. What if this was a Full House episode that, like, DJ is dating the Patrick Dempsey character, and it's like, this episode we learn about viruses. He stole a monkey and came back to the Tanner household. Because they can't say sex, so it becomes this, like... He has blood Joey coming from his eyes. Out with the, the, the puppet, the badger. It's like, the song. Woodchuck. How dare yeah, you? Whatever, yeah. And uh, what, what, uh, the Olsen twin, you know, she wants part of that cookie. I think what we're saying is he looks like <laughs> Uncle Jesse. He looks... He does. <laughs> he does look like Uncle Jesse. Which Uncle Jesse was, he dated DJ for a while, though, too. Right. So it worked. <laughs> Danny Tanner sits down with DJ, who has, like, blood coming from her eyes, like, so DJ, what did we learn today? Right. Uh, <laughs> should, we, should we have a hug? Blow it up. Blow up this house. The whole to reveal glass between them. Yeah. And like all the daughters are just like. Oh. Uh, uh, so this, this movie. Um, we also forgot. Um, did I mention Cuba Gooding Jr. as well? Yes, when, when you I was did. Talking, okay. okay, that's right. Uh, so you know Cuba Gooding Jr. as well. This is uh right before Jerry Maguire, I believe. Or around the, it's around the same time because yeah. it's like ninety five. Show me think, the monkey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cuba Gooding Jr. I think works in his role. I think Morgan Freeman's fine, but yeah, Dustin Hoffman kind of felt a little. Um, I just felt like it was Dustin Hoffman the whole time, and I mean, maybe <laughs> yeah, I could exactly. say that for all the characters in this movie, but for the most part, it was just Dustin Hoffman dressed up in an army outfit, uh, just really moving his hands a lot and really just like getting very like temper tantrum me over yeah. like how to handle this virus i just don't know if it was chicken or egg here did they have dustin hoffman and they were like okay what vehicle do we need to put him in like what movie do we put dustin hoffman in or did they have the movie and they're like dustin hoffman all right like because it just doesn't make sense i feel like the whole cast was put together and then they put a movie around the cast because think about even the the match of renee russo and dustin hoffman as a married couple going through a divorce is just bizarre i think harrison ford dropped out that's my my theory interesting or he was too expensive i think Kiefer sutherland was going to be on it and then donald and Kiefer got in a fight (laughs) oh man (laughs) 
Uh, maybe later I'll, I'll dig up some, like, casting what-ifs, yeah. I guess, and see, like, what this is going. But, I mean, a part of me just feels like, this is our cast. This, uh, this, let's do this movie with them. Um, <laughs> you know, another thing, too, this cover, if I could talk about the movie cover, I feel like covers aren't really, I guess, appreciated as much these days as they were back then. Because I remember as a kid seeing this cover at a video store for some reason. I mean, maybe that's just me personally, but the... The monkey and then just the faces on the cover. It always just felt like, ooh, this is kind of a, a spooky movie to watch. Because, yes, like, the monkey. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And I can't help but when I watch this movie of just the, the emotion it gave me as a kid to think about, I'm not ready to watch that movie with uh, the dangerous monkey and this disease. Thank you. I love, like, the power of a movie poster. Like, you see it, and then years later, you're like, wait, there was nothing like what I expected. Because this movie isn't dangerous. It's not scary. It's like. I mean, there's a couple parts, but it's just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those those movie posters where if you blurred out all the faces and just had, like, the structure of the 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 cover, the VHS cover, you'd be able to say, oh, that's Outbreak. Yeah, yes. and, you know, I also feel with this movie that um, I, I know it's very, you know, we brought it up because it's very topical what's going on in the world right now currently. Um but for me, I am very, like, movies like Contagion and stuff, I am definitely very, uh, you know, worried about viruses. And the opening quote of this movie is a pretty good quote. Um, basically, like, the only, like, uh, well, I don't have the quote in front of me, but basically, like, the only known, like, struggle for man is a virus. Or, like, the, the downfall of man will be a virus. Um, and, you know, that definitely we're in these times of created by Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what it says, right? <laughs> it's a micro. They predicted it. <laughs> he did. He did. But I mean, it's something that we always kind of known about, too. And we've had plagues like this before. So a virus is a very scary thing. And obviously we have a lot of fear going on right now. I guess fear and confusion. Um, and a movie like this is definitely, you know, kind of freaks me out. But I feel if I want to compare it to Contagion, Contagion really felt more grounded in reality of how something will spread. Whereas this movie felt like, you know, how it spreads is kind of comical throughout this movie. It's a little kind of silly and how they end up saving the day is a little kind of just silly. Um, Let's oversimplify it completely because like, it's very hard to make a, I think a movie about a virus exciting. It was something that's so tiny that you can't even see. And so that's why they make it all explosion-y. But I, but I think that that's the argument of Contagion being such a far better movie because that movie was very exciting and there were like zero explosions, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And there was only like one color of a suit in that movie. There was like a whole rainbow of different suit colors. If you noticed it, <laughs> that is it. A lot of like that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. a lot of different outfits. Like, oh, wait, are we wearing the blue are suits we, for we, this are one? We a yellow suit. There's yellow. like there's light blue, dark blue, yellow, orange. I think silver. It's like, oh my god, he's yeah. changing again. He's in all these different military fatigues at random times. Like, are you a doctor? So, I guess. And he's really tiny. Yeah, and I guess where I'm getting at, too, is that I think the subject matter of this movie is still interesting for me, but it does not make me uh, feel more fear for this virus. It just kind of feels like they kind of present it as, well, here's the issue, and now it's quickly resolved. Whereas the reality of that is, like, it takes a long time to rid yourself of a virus. But this virus was very polite and just stayed in this small town. And it was like... Well, because they didn't make it... They didn't make it... the. The virus wasn't the enemy. It was the 
Sutherland. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> the virus is just like hey, he just here to guy. hang out, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's something to note as well that sometimes, even though a virus is very scary, sometimes it's humans themselves and their reactions and resolutions. And I think that we're experiencing be, that now. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully not to Donald Sutherland level. But, uh, you know, one thing about also the spread with this virus, you know, it was contained to this small town and they. Um, definitely made that plausible. Well, not that well, the self-contained. But Patrick Dempsey took it to Boston, and it was in Boston for a while. That's what I was going to bring up because they really just glossed over in one phone call when. So Rene Russo is already at the CDC. Yes, and they find out. Turns out, no one else has symptoms. Like he was on an airplane, mm-hmm. and he went through one airport yeah. through through security while having the virus. Mm-hmm. Gets on the plane, Eats gets off the plane, hugs his. He puts his uh, tongue in his fiance, girlfriend's mouth. Girlfriend makes out, and then no one else at the airport, like going through baggage claim, I guess, like got sick. Well, it wasn't airborne yet, and I guess no one was touching any of the things that he touched because that kid almost touched that cookie. Sure, but I mean, he did touch. <laughs> that was a good scare. I I liked that scene. <laughs> Can that, I have like... that cookie? Like, ew, no. <laughs> I mean, even as a kid, I'd be like, "Can I have this cookie that you just bit off of?" Mm. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sweaty man, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do. I will say, I'll is give, that a heroin? I'll give Patrick Dempsey uh, credit. It was pretty funny. He's like dying and sick, but he still has a quib in there. He's like, don't want to upset the law. <laughs> yeah, he was. Well, I mean, it established him as right. not a bad guy. He was just, right. Uh, I mean, at know. the end of the day, he probably just had a man cold. <laughs> yeah, that's what it just turns out to be. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's interesting that it was so quickly. It did not spread at all. Um, at this like yet. these airports that he go goes to but i mean you know they showed it spread a lot in the village in africa and it spread pretty quickly um after he takes the monkey to the pet store and you know the lab technician that just doesn't know how to handle blood samples oh my god oh that my was god. oh my god <laughs> that, that was the worst part of the movie for me because even though it's so stupid well i guess you should say what happens i guess before going well to no no i mean let's just discuss how this outbreak happens because it is such a so he picks up so this monkey gets trapped in the village, and then Patrick Dempsey travels with this monkey, at well like from work he steals it from work, tries to sell it at a pet store in like outside of San Francisco I mm-hmm. guess like they're in like the small town in the northern California area, mm-hmm. uh, no dice I'm gonna release it into the wild, <laughs> get on a plane. Get my girlfriend sick. No one else sick, thankfully. But then, meanwhile, the the monkey at the pet store shared a banana, and then they and then <laughs> that guy got sick, and then they brought him well, in. That guy and then, got scratched by the the infected monkey. That's right. Yeah, he so he got scratched by the monkey. Then he goes to the hospital, and this hospital doesn't know how to do anything, right? No. <laughs> um, I love to. So okay, let's let's talk about the blood sample thing because that is just. Blows my mind. He's it was horrifying. It's spinning blood. Like this is your job. I understand. Yeah, those little machines that like spins the blood around in a circle, you know, and there's like twenty, like fifty different samples in it. I've been to OSHA meetings before. I used to go to those with my mom, and I know how like particular it that that job is to handle blood. And well, I also know the machine like doesn't just explode it under your face. Yeah, it's just watching TV and not paying attention. I mean, I could understand <laughs> if you show someone at like a fast food restaurant, like, oh, this is so mundane, like flipping French fries. This right. guy's like bored by 
like working in a lab sampling blood. Right. That, I think that's of exciting. diseased people. Well, I don't know if it's exciting, but you're a little bit more alert. This is more of a career thing you than a, a boring job. <laughs> and he's listening to a baseball game and then just like casually sticks his hand in it like as if it's a popcorn bowl and he's just grabbing a snack like <laughs> it just explodes all over his face i don't know like i'm pretty conscious about my garage uh garage uh garbage disposal <laughs> yeah i don't just stick my hand in garage it. disposal you must be rich <laughs> i'm not like uh you know i'm blending uh, a smoothie i'm like oh, i'm gonna just blindly stick my hand in here <laughs> See what happens. But then it explodes all over his face. Yeah. And the other doctor is helping him clean it up. And he's like, oh, am I going to be okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Just, just, just <laughs> yeah. Take a shower. It's fine. It's just blood. Like, it's I don't want to give anything to my wife or girlfriend. He's like, I've got to take my girlfriend on a date. And he was like, well, he like, made the, some kind of dumb quip. About- I think the doctor suggests he takes her out on a date. So not only did he get this, all right. So this guy, so this pet store owner comes in and he looks very, very sick. Yeah. Like, and they do not know what's wrong with him. This, so they take his blood. Like that's normal. Mm-hmm. Oh, that said blood has sprayed on this guy's face. The doctor's like, I'm sure it's fine. Um, Why don't you take your lady on a date? Take her on a date. Get her some flowers somewhere public, and then spit on everyone. Oh God, yeah. He- yeah. It's just the way that it spreads. It's just that I think is another example of the virus itself. I'm very interested and I think it is a very serious subject. Yeah. But the way that they make it so comical of like this trial of errors. Yeah. Of how it happens. I wish it would have just been more like because actually, you know, what's the better part is the movie theater scene. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Because that's more effective although he's definitely like coughing refusely i think like Like, any one of us are like i'm hey babe i'm not feeling good because i can't stop sweating and coughing i don't think i need to go see this movie right now um (laughs) but he does anyways but i think the effective thing is to show when they showed they left him and showed like the i guess micro droplets like floating through the air and like how it lands on other people because that's really like i think the scary thing yeah of how a virus spreads. What you can't see. Yeah, exactly. So that was effective. But then that hosp- the same hospital, I guess it's the only one in business. Yeah, don't like, go back to that hospital. What's wrong with these people? They should have blown know. up that hospital. Donald Sutherland <laughs> was trying. You know, he's like. He's the hero of the story. Can I blow this hospital up? Mine Not man. yet. <laughs> Damn it. Demolish it. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the virus just spreads in a very, um, you know silly way yes but it's here now and uh but before we deal with this virus let's get to know our our doctors <laughs> um dustin hoffman and renee russo we know that they uh both work in this lab i guess in the pentagon yeah um special like uh, infectious uh, infectious, infectious disease diseases. unit yeah um there we we learn about the there's four different levels and they work at the highest level Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, I had texted you this. Did you rewatch that opening scene when they were taking us through the levels during the opening? No, credits? I didn't. I didn't. I should have. Okay, so it's so minor and silly, but for some reason, it just makes me laugh so much. They have this dramatic '90s score going on, and they're showing us like level one. But then all of a sudden, like level two is like Lyme disease. I think. Yeah, it's like it's like controllable diseases. But like the music in the score just gets like really like boom, 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 boom. Like for level two, <laughs> yeah. and then by the time and the camera like moves to level, level three, three it's, like, it's like really like chill. Show tunes. And I You're guess like, wait, <laughs> I really they just have a score and they're just showing all the units. But it was funny that as it was getting 
higher in the like the the level of danger <laughs> for the the testing uh where, where the viruses are tested and stuff mm-hmm. it like it's like the music gets really really chill but like watch out for level two right. it's the worst <laughs> that's the, that's, that's the blue the um yeah so anyways i just thought that part was funny it was it makes me lol every time <laughs> um so we get to know um we get to know dustin hoffman renee russo kevin's blonde kevin spacey um they all work they all work together as a team and they study uh diseases and outbreaks and they work in the lab and uh it's a pretty risky job but they're all uh they're all pros they're uh they're all professionals Mm -hmm. um but we do know that dustin hoffman and renee russo they're getting a divorce, or they are divorced. They're um, uh, they're through yeah. the process of the divorce. I think they're in the last steps of divorce. And They've... she is now moving on. She's moving yeah. away from the group to do her own thing. Well, she at got the, CDC. Uh, the job as like the head of the CDC or like lead. I think she got Dustin Hoffman's job, but at the CDC level. So yeah. It's, so because there's a point where they brought up where she's basically doing what his job was, but it's kind of a point to bring out that she wants to just. Be she her own to... boss and stop being under her ex-husband's lead. Right. Even though they're like still really close colleagues, I think it's just right. her way of she wants to move on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Wasn't she like in charge and then the he showed up and she's like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> so, yeah. Why are like, you? Here? Maybe she could handle it. I don't know. <laughs> so let's just skip ahead because we both, I know Juliet and I have talked about this. We wrote this down in the notes. The whole theme is that she wants to do her own thing. And the movie had a golden opportunity to show, like, Robbie wants to do her own thing. And they have this cool story arc where she's getting the opportunity to do that. But the movie, instead of having this opportunity to show, like, where Sam lets her take the lead uh-huh. to handle this, it just resorts back into this, like, male dominant. Well, that's the 90s. The 90s, you always have a woman that's smart, but she still can't be the hero of the movie. That's the, how the 90s always worked with these kind of movies. Like, um, Demi Moore in A Few Good Men. Like, she's smart and she can figure things out, but she's not the hero. Tom Cruise is the hero, so he solves it. Yeah. And- well, it's called A Few Good Men. <laughs> so they're going to reboot it, A Few Good Women. Uh, Probably. Maybe. <laughs> so anyways, so Robbie finally gets the opportunity. Uh, she listens to Sam's warning, but then it's awesome when she shows up in the small town and goes, I thought he was in charge. And then she's excited. <laughs> and then she's here. like, oh, okay. Well, then <laughs> there's yeah, no battle said, for it. And if you really think about it, she does really nothing in the rest of the movie. No. She's just, neuter her. she's just looking at people just like they're all doing, but she's not making any decisions. And then she eventually just gets sick. Yeah, she's supposed to be his motivation, it. basically. Just, that's it. So she's now a plot point. It's just crazy because they set it up pretty beautifully. Like, she wants to do her own thing, and then, like, there's no lesson learned. Yeah. Well, I mean, already <laughs> right off the bat, job. we're mad at her for giving him all the pictures of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how dare you, she? You give me all the pictures. <laughs> yeah, you can have them. I don't want them. Then throw them away. You're not and, together Well, it doesn't seem anymore. like she hates him. It's like, you, you want to totally forget him? <laughs> It's like I'm deleting like all these photos off Facebook. It seems pretty like I don't know, like you're not fighting at all and you're getting no. a divorce. It's and yeah, they seem like they're friends, but it's the movie can't make up its mind. Does she hate him or does she still love him? Or because she wants nothing to do with him, but yet she's he shows up. Sam. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> so Your man confused. brain is here. And also just another minor point. 
they'd never discussed who's taken over the dogs. Yeah. They have this conversation about who's taking control of the dogs when she's in a taxi. <laughs> They're bad at divorce. <laughs> she's moving to Atlanta. She's moving out of state. Wait, wait. Wait, I thought, I mean, wait. there are dogs. I'm going to miss yeah. them. I love these dogs. <laughs> I was like, wait. I live in an apartment and they're giant dogs. You, you guys clearly are not communicating at all. <laughs> well, she's she's they, all moved out. <laughs> Like, if you really think about this moment, she's about to leave in three days, and, like, up to that, he's just giving him a bath, and, like, was he going to keep the dogs, and then he decided she's going to keep the dogs? I don't know. Did he not I, know you guys, she was they've been in his house? apartment for, like, a week? Yeah. The dogs are so pointless in this script, too, because they have a few more lines about him, like, well, d- d- tell me you didn't put him in a kennel. Like, you know. That's it. And, like, there's that's no it. payoff with the dogs. Only and there's, like, a shot of them, like, on the couch, like, one is perfectly wrapped in a towel, weirdly, or paused it, and it's like, eh. It's really odd. Did you want like the Benny Hill music playing while he's like trying to give the dogs a, a bath? He's like, bum, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And then Kevin Spacey really just plays Kevin Spacey, but as like a you know disease doctor. He's just so snarky. He's just so snarky uh, and careless. <laughs> yes. Um, and then Cuba Gooding Jr. is just the the young rookie. He, he just learning. instantly takes off his helmet when he gets sick the first time. It's like, oh like the guy in the like Alien or whatever. Like every yeah. sci-fi movie, there's some idiot that takes off their helmet instantly. Like what? You've trained for this. Breathe. Why? Why yeah. would you do that? Yeah. So Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, A.K.A. Major Salt. <laughs> Major his, last name's, his last name's Salt. So its characters in the credits is Major Salt. Um, <laughs> FYI. Wow. Um, yeah, so he's the rookie, but he's like, I mean, we're going to find out that for a rookie, he's he's reviewed on everything. He's flown a bunch of helicopters as yeah. well. So that was, that hours was, of flight time. Oh, my God. And then so he goes on this mission with them to uh, check out this tribe in Africa that or this village in Africa that's been dealing with mm-hmm. this outbreak. And the very first thing he does is take his helmet off. Right. And. Mm-hmm. Then the guy comes in and goes, oh, don't worry. It's not airborne. And then they just, like, totally forgot, like, of how disobedient and underprepared this guy is. He doesn't even get fired. Like, get him in quarantine. Quarantine him. Like, <laughs> Sam. isolate him. They are so pissed at him. But then they're on the plane. He's like, well, you didn't die, right? I'm like, wait, hang on. Right. No, no, no. I'm still mad at <laughs> my guy if that's what he's doing. Like, no, you you really just, you got lucky. But. I'm confused. So it's not airborne then, but then it's airborne in the theater? I think... No, because no, so, he was spitting on people as he was coughing and he was touching things. Yeah, so in the theater, he was coughing and it's like the uh, the micro droplets are like, you know, when he's coughing, he's projecting them out. He wasn't covering his mouth. Um, That's why they always say, like, cover your mouth and stuff. When it becomes airborne, that just means it's like, you know... I'm breathing it. I'm breathing it, and then it's circulated in the air, and it's, like, staying alive in the air so people can just breathe it in. Yeah. And that's common for some diseases to mutate like that, but this movie's, like, on an accelerated clock. Right, because it mutates in the hospital, and they figure out that this guy who came in because of a a bike accident or something had no contact with any of the patients that were in their containment area. Yeah. Uh, And Dustin Hoffman realizes it went through the vents. 
Yeah, and it's kind of these are all common things with the virus, but this movie really had an accelerated everything. Like the incubation period is like less than twenty four hours. The nineties people die in like forty eight hours, mm-hmm. um, and it became airborne in a matter of a week. Mm-hmm. So it's like a really fast, rapid growing mutation, and that's why I would argue that this town would be dead a lot faster from yeah, Hollywood. Get real, yeah. Right? Like how how they say it with me, <laughs> Hollywood. Get, get real. real. <laughs> I'm going back to 95. I'm like, look, listen here. Don't blow up these people. I want this movie in real time. If it takes 12 days to mutate, I want 12 days of footage. 12 days of Dustin Hoffman. Oh, yeah, my I God. Think, I think that's all we have to talk about. So this was a good movie. Let's read it. So, um, so Julia, you had a note written down about Dustin Hoffman drinking alcohol in yeah. his military outfit to go talk to Morgan question. Freeman. I have a Are you allowed to drink when you're in military fatigues? Because he's at a military, like a party, a fancy party at a house. And Morgan Freeman's in like dress blues. So I think that you're, you know, people wear that at weddings and events and things like that. So I assume you're allowed to have a beer or a cocktail when you're wearing something like that. But Dustin Hoffman is in like military fatigues, like camouflage. And I, I know for he's a fact Drinking a that, glass of scotch. Yeah. And and I know for a fact that you aren't allowed to sit at a bar in fatigues. You can go to a restaurant with your family, um, but you can't go to a place whose primary business is serving alcohol. And so I was wondering if anybody knew uh, if if you're allowed to drink openly in it, fatigues. Well, in Desert Storm, we definitely weren't allowed to. <laughs> I just think uh, I don't have the answer to this, but I feel like the answer is no or like not really. Um, it definitely seemed like it was some kind of military benefit that uh, he approached Morgan Freeman at after he came back from the village. Right. To report like this is something we've never seen before. This thing is fast. This thing is dangerous. And then we get yeah. this little. Also, why is Dustin Hoffman going to a, a military fancy party so... function? Yeah, so I think he went there because we got to talk about Morgan Freeman's character. Um, What's his name? Major Salt. Mr. (laughs) Pepper. Mr. Pepper. Major Pepper. Uh, (laughs) Is that who said? General, uh, his name's Billy, but General Ford. Sergeant (laughs) Pepper. Billy Ford. So he's General Ford, uh, otherwise known as Billy. We know that both Sam and Billy have a long history of working together, Mm -hmm. and Billy is his boss. He's, He's the general. So I think he feels... I think what the movie was trying to do is he feels so Sam feels so like, I guess, candid and cool with him mm-hmm. that I can he can level with him and doesn't have to go through the proper channels to treat him like a boss. Right. Even though I think he still respects that he's his boss. But he's like, I trust you enough that I'm going to without filing any paperwork, just come to you in person at this event to tell you, like, this is big. We cannot look the other way at this. But I will admit, when he's holding that scotch, it just felt like this seems really casual. Like, <laughs> I need to report this to you. Hang on, I'm hang on, I gotta quick. go to the bar. <laughs> yeah, like, like the deleted scene is him showing up at the bar and pouring a drink. Uh, he's drinking for a little bit. He's like, "All right, now I have enough courage to go talk to my friend." Now I'm wasted. <laughs> It'd be better if he was really drunk. I'm telling you, this Listen. bug is really big, Billy. <laughs> oh, man, also I. I'm going through a divorce. Took the dogs. She gave me the pictures. He, like, he passes out and the town gets exploded. <laughs> oh, shit. The end. Um, yeah, and uh, there's just, you know, there's they're, they're, they're so close, too. There's a point where also Billy ignores him. And he, uh, I think this is flash forward when um, Robbie, uh, Renee Russo, when she 
unfortunately that you know punctures her hand and she's exposed to the virus too i believe dustin hoffman uh sam approaches billy and says robbie's sick you know my wife is gonna die we need to do something about this and he goes isn't she your ex-wife sam and then he's like He's like, uh, I don't know what you mean. He's like, well, you have a way to distort the facts. I'm like, oh, fucking for real? <laughs> That's what we're talking about right now? You know that crazy Donald Sutherland wants to blow everything up. Like, why are we getting over semantics over, like, ex-wife, wife? Like, he's because just saying I think she's the, sick. Uh, another deleted scene is that the reason for the divorce <laughs> is that Billy and Robbie are together. Oh. Yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah. Oh, snap. And Casey knew the whole time. <gasps> the dogs had no idea, though. <laughs> <laughs> what about those dogs? Uh, so this. OK, so the, the 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 small town in California is rapidly infected now because of what happened in the movie theater, mm-hmm. uh, the pet store owner. And now and, it's airborne. And now the, the team that was already a team at the opening credits and broke up for like about five minutes, uh, the team's back together. <laughs> yeah. And they have a Cuba Gooding Jr. now. <laughs> and he has a good agent. It's Jerry Maguire. So um, they're ready to tackle this. And I guess the movie moves really fast here, but most what we see them doing is just we kind of see, you know, the town. They're isolating the sick people from the healthy people in this town, but the numbers are kind of getting out of control. It's spreading fast. It's airborne now. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time we just see them really looking at blood slides for a while <laughs> and just kind of going, ah, oh, damn, damn. Still oh my blood. God. Oh man. They really don't make any progress until the third act of this movie. It's right. a lot of just like filler. It felt like, or maybe I'm wrong. It just felt like a lot of moments of, Let's look at this. Let's talk about how bad it is. It's this is them bad. trying to understand something that we as an audience already understand. And I think that's why it's a little slow and boring for us because there's not a mystery for us at all because we know about the monkey. We know where the monkey was dropped off. You're right, we know right. What, that it's the same thing. And we know about the town getting blown up or the village getting blown up at the beginning. So we knew the whole story and then they're just telling us how it got there, but the characters don't know how it got there. And so mm-hmm. I think that's why it's boring for us. That's why it feels like nothing really picks up. It's kind of like a mission mis- starts. It's like a mystery movie where they're trying to solve the crime. That but we the weird thing know. is we already know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like we already know how this all happens. So we're just watching them discover. Like there's no like discovery for us. Yeah. Really in this movie. Like Knives Out really works because even though you think you know who did it, there's also the methods of how it was done. That you need to learn. This is a game of Clue. It was the monkey in the store (laughs) with the banana. (laughs) It was Donald Sutherland with the bomb over the world. And that's what Contagion did really well. That's what Contagion did really well because you had all these different players in the game that were brought together. There's stars of this movie that were never in a scene together. And yeah. you had the fear of losing a good character, not the assumption that, oh, Kevin Spacey, he's got jokes. He's going to die. I feel like this is kind of becoming the Contagion podcast as well. But, like, <laughs> Contagion also does the smart thing in the beginning where they say day two. Yes. Yeah. And that's how the movie starts. And then they reveal what day one is at the very end of the movie. Yeah. be like, it all started by, like, this. Um Fucking chain reaction. Bats and pigs. So you oh, love when boy. they do uh, the words at the bottom of the screen. You're a big fan I of that. love it. Dude. What is that called? Like, it's, it's a weird word Chiron. for it. There we go. Chiron. 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 It sounds like Chiron. it's like Tron or something. <laughs> so, or Egypt. Juliet, you're, 
we're, we're talking about the spreading. Would you like to share with uh, Matt your your favorite Whoa. your favorite moment when it shows like how the townspeople are getting sick? Because you always get it. You got excited both times when this scene comes up. The mom and the family when, when oh with the with the crying mom and the and the yeah. little girls and she's taking them away. <laughs> you want to talk about that? And she's scene? like, mommy, mommy has to go. Make sure to brush your teeth. So we hear like that they're asking if you're showing any symptoms, please report to please, us. Please come outside. And, and so I brought it up, and Julia was laughing so much the second time we watched it because mom's like packing a suitcase. <laughs> And the family's well, sitting honey. at the table, like, mom's got to go away for and a little bit. And the dad's way older than the mom, but she's still, like, kind of pretty and young. And she's got these two daughters that are just sitting at, everyone's sitting at the kitchen table while mom's at the door about to be escorted out by the fucking military <laughs> to die, by the way. And she's like, mommy's just going for a few hours. Like, no, tell the kid, like, a week so dad has some time to figure out what he's going to say to these kids. Yeah, and I mean... I think the movie, it, it's still, like, it's dramatic, but it's just, like, this 90s kind of uh, melodrama. Yeah. Yeah, it's an, it's an action movie. It's nothing more than that. Like, and they don't yeah. go any further than that. It's just They're not wasting action. time. The yeah. reality is that whole family should be reporting because they've been definitely exposed to her. Exactly. Um, Another thing Contagion did well what is I was worried about that some were immune. What I was worried about was who's going to cook dinner tonight. Because <laughs> clearly <laughs> the bald dad who just sits They're around. They're ordering pizza for a while. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So everything's spreading. They're looking uh, at, at their blood slides. They're, uh, they're walking around in their big suits in their, their room. And uh, they're not really making any progress on uh, how to figure out what this is. But, we're really paying attention to any safety. But Billy, but Billy knows because they've seen this before. And that's when we find out that um, Billy Morgan Freeman knows about what, uh, I guess, General McClintock <laughs> um, <Okay>. <laughs> uh, Donald Sutherland's uh, character they know because they've seen this before and it, and it's back so he shows up with uh, what is it orange juice they call it uh, <laughs> and uh, you know Sam's calling him out on this like where's this he's like just a test subject and uh, you know he's he's kind of I'm gonna help them but I don't want to show my hand because we did a bad thing we wiped out a whole village to keep this thing under wraps mm-hmm. and he knows but he's still a good person um, he's trying to be a good person still. I'm not talking about McClintock. I'm oh. talking about Billy. I'm talking about Morgan Freeman over here. I'm talking about Lucius Fox. Oh, God. He's like, <laughs> uh, he, he gives uh, Dustin Hoffman the serum. And he's like, does it come in black? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to you drink a black serum? Interesting. <laughs> well, because Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, calls it like, this is an orange juice, is it? <laughs> I remember yeah. that. And I watched it twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He holds it up and it's orange and he's like, well, it, he's like, do you know what this is? He's like, well, it ain't orange juice. Oh my God. I was like, cause it's in like a little, uh, little baggie and it's like <laughs> orange. Like get this test in the lab. And then that's when Sam realizes it's the same stuff. There's no way you'd have this because this is meant to treat this disease that oh, I'm just finding yes, out about. Yes. The antidote. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So that's when. We got McClintock. I don't give a damn. We need to wipe this out because he doesn't really necessarily want to wipe this out to contain this virus. He really wants to wipe this out to contain his secret and lies about this already happening before and they could have controlled it. So it's kind of holding up the fact that he blew up a village back in the day. And also he likes to explode things. 
So this is really about war crimes. It really is yeah. about war crimes. War crimes with diseases, you know? <laughs> um, speaking <laughs> of war crimes... that just don't quit. Speaking of war crimes, let's talk about uh, the overacting moment of uh, basically the members of uh, the president's cabinet, uh, plus with military figure... Oh, yeah. Like, their whole get-together to t- <laughs> talk about... Oh, my about, God, uh, yes. What is it? Operation Clean... Dumbo That's draft. a dark... <laughs> a clean sweep. It? It's clean like, sweep. Clean sweep. So, that means blowing them up, by the way. So, that means blowing yeah, up that mother and bloody. all those other people. That's literally what Operation Clean Sweep is. I know, is. because McClintock shows this graphic that just yeah. says, my calculations, it just the whole world will be infected, so this blow them up. Just blow them up. And in closing, <laughs> this blow them up. I want to see his PowerPoint, and the last thing says, boom. But then Cliffy pops up awkwardly on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, like a... I see you want to murder thousands <laughs> <Yeah>. of people. <laughs> Looks like you've already so, done this war crime before. Are you sure you so want to in do closing, it again? So in, in closing, everyone, there's a disease. It's going to spread. Let's blow it up. Dissolve. Thank you. Um, and then, Great Scott. And then uh, I don't know what his role is, but basically he gives – like this other guy gives them all a lecture that if president is going to have – approve clean sweep, we need full – Undoubt, like uh, president. Everyone needs a back. Everyone needs a backup. This president, um, and it's a very strong moment in the movie, but it's also very like overacting. Of like, he's really screaming. I was confused. Like, like, he was on it first with what he was saying. Yeah. I think what he was saying is that like he throws down this piece of paper. He's like, these are the people. Yeah, look, look at these, these people. Look which, at this. <laughs> which, why does he have photos of all the people there? Well, he, like, what's the point? Well, because he's he's showing the, the 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 town that they're about to blow up, and he's, he's like, like I, the humanity. And it starts this. off like, I want to remind you that when we're talking about blowing up a town, we're talking about blowing up these people, yeah. these victims. But if the president signs off on this, no one else can say that they disagreed. We need full. Like, right. It was it was their support. twelve angry men scene. Yes. Matt, I feel like uh, I have a homework assignment for you. I want you to take that scene in Outbreak and then cut it together with Ghostbusters two with the, <laughs> the, the with the ooze like boiling <laughs> even more. Yes, totally, totally. He just he like went from level. He starts off with like level <laughs> six of anger. Then it's seven, eight. Then all of a sudden it's twelve. Like just screaming. And then the um, yeah, the toaster starts dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like that's this the scene that we watched in the movie was like take four. Yeah. Where like take one was kind of subtle and, and direct, and then by the time four they're like, all right, let's just do a take where you scream <laughs> the whole time. They're like, have you seen movie network? You know, the Mad as Hell and uh Oh yeah. I'm not yeah. gonna take any more. Let's uh let's do that, except here. You know, because that's like the moment of if we're gonna blow up these people, we need to understand what we're fully doing. And then meanwhile, uh Donald Sutherland's just like nodded his head, yes, I know. I yes, can't wait them. to. Just let me blow them up. Uh, what's your Petting his cat. Blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess uh, before we get into this this ending and what this all is, I guess we should probably also talk about Betsy. Um, well, this 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 hold off on the monkey as well. Uh, th- uh, let's talk about Casey. Let's talk about Kevin Spacey's character. Um, I love like, they combine the first sound of his name and then the last. <laughs> yeah, they were like, <laughs> like Kevin... "What should we call this character?" Casey. Casey. <laughs> <laughs> they're looking around. They're like, oh, "What's his name?" Uh, yeah. 
Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character is like, let's just call him uh, Coogan. Let's got Coogan. Uh, <laughs> Coogan J- Jr. And uh, Mr. Duffman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So what what can we say about? Uh, I guess Sam's like longtime partner. Yeah. Um, you Jokester, know, like sir, his sidekick. Yeah, I mean, they've been through a lot. They've seen a lot of diseases together. Uh, he's been on Sam's team. Everybody forever. needs a comic relief in a serious job. When you're in a dark job, you always need like something that kind of lightens the mood a little bit. And so I think that's what Casey was for him. It's funny because he's a blend of condescending. Mm-hmm. And sometimes not super helpful, but yet, you know, I guess in the movie, we do know that he knows what he's doing. And he's got a good heart. But it's kind of like, do you always have to be a dick about everything? Right. Well, that's the 90s. <laughs> I mean, what did you think, Matt? Uh, about Casey? Yeah. I didn't, Kevin I didn't Casey. Really like him. I did not like that character. I found him annoying. Yeah. Well, no, he spoke he, like back in the 90s. That was a really likable character. Everybody I, loved the like quippy. It, like he's from Hackers or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost uh, just like I know how to do this better than you. But yet I'm still not the leader of this team. Right. Well, because I'm just a rogue, you know, I'll never get married. Also, you know, this was kind of Kevin Spacey's like fault. No. <laughs> this Coming was kind of party. this was his bit though. Um, he d- has a lot of movies where he has this persona back in the '90s, where it's just kind of the the dry wit of yeah. kind yeah. of like uh, cynicism, I guess. Um, well, yeah, like Verbal Kent was that too, where he's you know telling a story, but he's got the you know comic relief within it too, and the one liners that he throws in there as well. And I do, I do like that when he, you know, we know that he's been exposed to the virus and, and he's like kind of convulsing and he still can't help but be Kevin Spacey during it. Uh, yeah. I will say I kind of appreciated that with the character where he's like, oh, I had a dream and that I was, that. and I was better than you. And he's like, that's all right. You just lost a few brain cells. Oh man. So I'm just a little bit more smarter than you. <laughs> Delete my browser history. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Uh, it's it's interesting because I think one thing the movie did do well with this character was when they're introduced to uh, the rookie, Cuba Gooding Jr., to the team, he does mock him, although I disagree with his practices, but he does that uh, sleight of hand trick where he throws a vial of the virus and, it, and Cuba Gooding Jr. is freaking out like, oh my God, and he's like, but it's like in his other hand. And he's like, ha 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 ha, you thought I murdered you, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and But then his response is, this isn't somewhere to play around. It could kill you. And it was kind of interesting because it, it's some good foreshadowing, but it's also like, why are you fucking around like, with this what? right now? This, like, 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 I get it when it's is like, this like a rookie hazing. Disease? Yeah, when it's like <laughs> one of the simpler diseases that are like you can control better, you're just doing like a level one, like a level one <laughs> disease, and you're just kind of like teaching the rookie how to make it like do the research, uh, preparing them. Yeah, you could take some time, haze them a little bit, have a good time. This is apparently the most dangerous disease that's ever existed and they don't understand it. It's spreading so fast and it's so lethal and we're going to fuck around. Like that's not, no, no, no. <laughs> he was just really excited to do that. Like vile trick. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Oh dude, check this out, Sam. I was on YouTube <laughs> all day. He's like giving him a wedgie later. Like gotcha. Good. <laughs> <laughs> a swirly. Yeah. Cause in, into the virus. Into the virus. <laughs> Into that blood thing, Into that the blood, blood tray. Yes. Blood swirly. <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh man. <laughs> so it is interesting though because he's he's doing all these jokes and he's talking about the all, in all seriousness in the lab. He also points out he he catches all these small details because he catches the rip in Sam's mm-hmm. suit before entering earlier in the movie. He's like, "Oh, you have a tear." So there is some really good foreshadowing because that ends up being his demise is a tear, a big tear in his suit while he's in the lab around his butt. Um, And I mean, it's interesting because they just basically complained before about how no one's like sleeping. And he's like, I got plenty of sleep. And then uh, we see him fall. I think he said, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Yeah. And then Um, he's like falling asleep. (laughs) He's falling asleep and carelessly just uh, gets a rip in his suit. And I guess Robbie just. Because she has nothing else to do in this movie. She's like, hey, are you okay? Yeah, I just got the willies. I'm like, listen, <laughs> you're dealing with a really infectious, like, this is a really dangerous disease. Um, maybe you should probably check them out a little bit more. Yeah. Especially because when's the last time that someone went running out of, like, the lab it's, like it's, that? Well, it's A, he's running out of the lab, and B, that's really irresponsible to say I just got the willies because you know for a fact now that you have been infected by an airborne you should not be around any people whatsoever at this point. So the first thing he should be saying to her is like, uh, yeah, I freaked out and accidentally, uh, I think I got, I, I, my suit ripped. And so I need to be in containment now. Um, and you can't be around me because his, his ass is ripped. He's ripped it on open and like he he can't get up. He now can't get up because he's now breathing out, um, breathing in oxygen and out carbon dioxide into the air, um, and his his air that he's breathing out has the infection in it. Well, to be fair, he did test positive for the willies. <laughs> uh, this is what the movie actually was going to be called before Outbreak. It was the willies. The willies. <laughs> I'm really scared. I get the willies. Um, it's interesting too because. It seems out of character for him. Uh, it seems like he takes a lot of this serious and knows the seriousness of it. So it's just, yeah, to go along with that, like, w- wait, why are you trying to keep this a secret? Yeah. And then it's interesting because then Robbie, when they're trying to um, give him that blood, mm-hmm. uh, like trying to take his blood when that's happening and then he moves and then she stabs herself, she right away took the responsibility to kind of let, you know, Sam and... Well, no, because she said it didn't puncture both gloves. Well, she says that before she took it off, and then all of a sudden she's like... Oh, wait, it did. It did, yeah. Like, I got cut. Um, which is a very scary moment. Like, I, I yeah. felt really real to me. Like, one little slip-up can be bad. Yeah. Um, and we saw that with Kevin Spacey as well. But it is interesting, though, because that's when Sam and... Uh, <laughs> that's when Dustin Hoffman and Cuba Gooding Jr. go on their quest... To find this monkey, which I can't wait to talk about. But uh, it's interesting. They're like, you just keep working, though. <laughs> like, they, the Rene Russo just keeps working. It's once again, like, how serious are we really taking this? Where it's like, well, I'm going to work until I die. Listen, no one else can do the job that she does. She is like the She's essential of it. She's an She's essential, essential worker. Employee. Uh, um, I think we're pretty much set to talk about this this ending. Or well, no, Juliet, you want to talk about uh, the monkey itself? Uh, what would you like to bring up about this monkey? What, what's the monkey's name? Betsy. Bet- Betsy. Betsy the monkey. Um, Betsy the monkey was, um, I guess, thrown out into the redwood forest. <laughs> yeah. So we know that Betsy is carrying two strains of the disease, like a, a diff- like it's a carrier Double both. So, so it has antibodies because I think that what the issue is in this movie is it's. 
it's Metabo, but then it's also like this new strand of it. (laughs) So it's like there's moments throughout this. Metabo 2. Metabo 2 with a vengeance. Uh, (laughs) Because the deal is they're like, this is like mutated with this strand. Because Cuba Gunning Jr. notes like, well, hey, if you look closely, they're a little different. There's a little hair on this one. Uh, but yeah sour diesel i guess the issue is is that they don't this one's an indica this one's a sativa (laughs) both will get you high though um (laughs) but yeah the issue is like they're trying to track down who has what strand right and they need this monkey betsy because it's uh has antibodies for both right um and then they discovered that because they found the monkey that they thought was the issue in the pet store, but it was actually the sick monkey. Right. Because Robbie's like, this monkey's just sick. Dun, dun, dun. It's not sick. <laughs> well, because the the particular monkey, Betsy, that they're looking for is a carrier. It means that Betsy's, that's why, because Betsy has those antibodies yeah, absolutely. within her own blood. She cannot get sick. So seeing that that other monkey was sick, they said, this can't be the monkey. This can't be the carrier because it's sick, but it could know the carrier. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it. it's sick, but not sick. <laughs> like, it's sick, like, off it's the cool chain. Monkey. It's sick, like it's a skateboarder. Yeah. That monkey's <laughs> sick. <laughs> well, so Betsy was dropped in a forest where there's just one house where a little girl lives. Yeah, a little, a little girl with a very uh, not attentive mom. No. But she oh, you've been just playing apples. with a monkey in the yeah. backyard? Awesome. <laughs> well, she sees the drawing, the Cray- Crayola drawing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then drops, like, the dishes really slowly. Like, whoa, oh whoa, 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 whoa. We're not talking about how she came to see that the monkey is trouble, which, by the way, monkey, monkey trouble. Monkey trouble. Um, another great 90s <laughs> spin off. Um, but yeah, she, she sees that because Cuba Gooding Jr. and Dustin Hoffman have broken to a newsroom with guns, with guns, got, uh, during, while they're on air live, got themselves <laughs> on air to show a picture of the monkey. So everyone could see that this monkey exists and they've got to find this monkey. And the mom happens to be watching the news that day. And happens to be watching it right at that moment to see the monkey. Because you know for a fact, A, they would be arrested immediately. Saving the world or not, they get super duper arrested. They're trying to arrest them, but they're just always like five seconds too late. (laughs) But they're like trying to arrest these guys. They're... (laughs) (laughs) They're just always like five seconds late. It all depends. Damn it. This is all pending all of the convenience of mom finding it. Yeah, yeah. Mom seeing this, then mom seeing the monkey drawing that her daughter did, and then the daughter bringing apples out to the woods that's, to the monkey. That's Betsy. Those, those are Betsy's apples. This monkey's she, like, Fuck she these starts apples. thinking back to all the other drawings she's had in the fridge. Like, oh my god, <laughs> Santa was real. <laughs> There's like the, this picture of like I've been feeding this homeless man in the backyard. <laughs> that's Roger. Detailed, like, oh, weird. Patrick Dempsey's actually in there, and he's been giving him cookies. Like. Hey, little girl. Don't want to bring me in trouble with the law. Oh, can I say something about Patrick Dempsey real quick? I forgot to oh, earlier. Absolutely. Let's, let's bring it back. He, he had a line that was, uh, I wrote it down. It was, music supposed to soothe the savage beast. <laughs> in the car. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That? That's it was right, because like, the monkey was flipping out. And it spits the water in his face, and he's like. Yeah. Right, because that's how he got it. He's just such a weird. Yeah, let's let's flip it all back to Patrick Dempsey because 
he was so out of place with the job he was doing, but I was so confused about it because he's a forklift operator at, I guess, the shipping yard, right? Right. And he's wearing, like, the leather jacket, right? Or he's got, like, a tank top on. He just looks like, I don't know, like, he just came back from a music festival and then started forklifting. He looks like a model playing a forklift operator in the 90s in a movie about contagious disease. Yeah. Or just, like... (laughs) In a grunge band. Yeah, yeah. like the ripped yeah. jean kind of look. And I was so confused because, so he works in this shipyard mm-hmm. in California, right? Mm-hmm. But we know that his girlfriend, fiance, I forgot what, you know. His, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. She lives in Boston. And he's got a ticket to fly back. So he's working in the shipyard. So help me out if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm misstepping anything. He works in a shipyard. You've gotten and, the shipyard and, part down. Did I mention a shipyard? It is um, a shipyard. So it's in Northern California. <laughs> Complete My opposite God. area of for, United States from Boston. From Boston. Got it. Got it. So he steals a monkey. <laughs> yes. Leaves work that day, yes. which was in a shipyard. Gotcha. <laughs> um, then goes <laughs> to a shipyard. Okay. Then, then the next day goes to a pet store to try to sell that monkey. Because well, he has a deal with this guy. He goes, I got the monkey. And then he's like, you got the papers? He's like, ha, 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 papers. But then he doesn't. The sale doesn't work. He lets the monkey free. So this is all within 24 hours. Yes. And then flies, like has a flight back to Boston. Gets sick while on the flight. Right. So my question is, what's his living situation? Like, so he lives in Boston, but he just works daily no. to just it's steal some monkeys commute. once in a while. <laughs> but think about it, though. I'm, I mean, maybe I'm missing something, but he's working there. I feel and like he maybe we did monkeys. miss something, and maybe his girlfriend is like a student at Harvard. And uh, yeah, doubt it. He, <laughs> and he was just visiting her for the weekend. I'm sure. I'm, I was just I'm, confused. I need more details like, on their schedule. I like, think that they like, both. I don't know if the DVD comes with their schedule written out. <laughs> Okay, so am I in the minority here? No one was thinking about that at all? Of like, wait, hang well, on. Well, no, so I just th- explained it off to you. Uh, they live in California, but she's going to school in Boston, and it's the weekend. It's Friday. He wants to make some money before heading out to Boston to see her. So he takes the monkey in to the monkey dealer, and the monkey dealer's like, I can't take this monkey. I told you I want a boy monkey. Why didn't you check for a monkey penis before you brought me this but monkey? Also like, and so then he's like, well, what do I do with a monkey? I'm just going to set him free in the forest because monkeys like trees. But then he gets on the plane and they're midair and he sees the monkey on the wing. Guys, this is, this is pre-9-11. You don't need to go through all the TSA that we have to now. Um, so he didn't have to be at the airport two hours before or anything like that. So he had time to go to the forest and drop off the monkey. So is there... A bunch of exotic animals coming frequently through the shipyard that he's just always stealing them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or is That's this monkey why he has like a, a pre-existing relationship what? with the monkey shop owner? Like, because hey, I'm gonna get another shipment of monkeys well, coming in. Well, they have a relationship because the dude said to him, "Like I told you, I need a boy monkey. My client, he wants a boy monkey." Yes, they have a pre-established monkey relationship. Yes, monkey relationship. I'm I'm ready to move on, <laughs> uh, but before I go. Shipyard. Um, oh, he works at the shipyard? Juliet, you also had a, a burning question. Uh, is there stores that sell monkeys? Yes, that was my with, question. Like, That's, pet store? Well, he's just like it's a, not really a question. It's store. a statement. That's not legal. It's not underground it's because the... that monkey's in a fucking cage oh, yeah, on the true. fucking middle of the room. Side. It's <laughs> not. It's not underground. You walk through the door and there's a fucking monkey. Like, Matabo's that's not legal. It wasn't a question. It was, It was. this isn't legal. <laughs> Matabo's. It's, it's, 
Suddenly Petco's Metabico. Metabico. Where'd the viruses go? Listen, I would love for there to be monkeys. I would love for there to be a monkey store. I would I would absolutely love it. But it's not a classic depressing place. It's just so weird. Like it's this regular, like looks like a local hardware store, really from the design. It's also dirty looking. So we have some fish. Yeah. Uh, we got some uh different household needs and we have we have a couple monkeys. It actually looked like a pawn shop. That's what it was. It just like looked like a dirty pawn shop. I could smell that store when he walked in. I guess we did see this in Tiger King as well. <laughs> that pawn shop. Uh, I don't know if you watched Tiger King yet, Matt. Oh, yes. Yes, I yeah, did. So, the, so the, the, the one dude that's on the jet ski, he does have like a weird pawn shop yeah. that also has like a monkey Jesus. that he admitted he didn't have papers for. So, <laughs> all right. Shipyard. So, <laughs> um, I have one question for both of you. Okay. Um, if you both want to answer it, that's great. I'm ready. But, so, using this really adorable monkey as the carrier for, like, this really deadly disease, what do you both think of that choice? Um, because I think, in my opinion, that was kind of effective for me. Uh, it was a good contrast because the monkey's really adorable, but it's carrying something that's extremely not adorable. I was hoping for a silverback, personally. <laughs> a gorilla? <laughs> <laughs> Just a gorilla that he sneaks out? Because it would be so much easier to hate that virus, you know? It's a big, scary gorilla. Unless it was like right. Amy from Congo. Uh, but, but serious, though, I thought it was an inch. They, they had to make a choice that it was like a little cute monkey. Well, I, mean, I thought that was an interesting what's choice. What's the other option? Like a bat? Like, well, I think what the reason that it was the monkey is because monkeys were coming really popular in pop culture at this point. Like, in what the if 90s. it was a beanie baby? We had. I'm, but that's the thing. Those kind, those capuchin monkeys were becoming really popular in pop culture. It was uh, in Monkey Trouble, which we talked about earlier. Uh, George of the Jungle had a monkey. Um, Ace Ventura, he had a capuchin monkey as well. That's he did. True. Even the cartoon, even the cartoon spinoff of Ace Ventura, his sidekick was that monkey. So it was bringing it back even more. Well, after the uh, raccoon died, right? I think, I think oh, Abu, sad. I think Abu from Aladdin was supposed to be a capuchin monkey as well, even though that um, is not. His coloring really would the, make you think otherwise. His coloring, but also the location. Um, Agrabah, not really known for um, primates. Um, but, or being real. Or being a real place. Um, but <laughs> the, like, it was a very popular <laughs> pop culture kind of animal at that point, to the point where a lot of people were trying to get them as pets. So bringing, something, bringing fear into something like that, I think, was, is kind of like you want to take something that's normal for people and make it scary because then it makes it more real for them. So that's why I think it was the the capuchin monkey. Also, the little like angry face that it makes, and you get to see its teeth. So I guess more importantly, do you like that choice? Do you think like that is effective in the movie? I think as a child, I was a little scared of this movie because of the monkey. Yeah. No, I mean like. So yeah, I think I, it I think is legit, the monkey on the cover with uh you know making that like yawning kind of. Scared I think he's face. yawning. Like, I think he's like scre- screeching. He was screaming. Yeah, yeah. it was the monkey screaming. He's bored. He's like, he's like, <laughs> but like, d- does it? Do I still want a capuchin monkey as a pet? Yes, of course I do. Am I weary of it carrying a disease? Yeah, more so now. 
Yeah. Yeah, Matt, what do, what do you think, Matt? <laughs> um, I, uh, I mean, I guess I never even thought it could be anything else. But I do remember now this, like, monkeys being huge at that time. I had a little capuchin stuffed monkey, obviously a fake one, around the time that outbreak came out. It just totally yeah. jogged my memory. Right. And yeah. I mean, even friends, Ross had a pet monkey. Marcel oh was Ross's pet God. monkey. So that monkey is just the go-to monkey and to use. And they even did a callback to that monkey because after he had given the monkey away, he like took the monkey to the zoo. Seasons later, they find out that the monkey was actually the star of Outbreak 2 starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. So they go to the movie set to see the monkey. Oh, wow. Wait, is this Jean-Claude real? Jean-Claude Van Damme. This is an episode of Friends. Okay, take it to your friend's podcast, Julia. <laughs> That no one listens to. No, I'm to. kidding. Is that really um, is that really on Friends? Outbreak 2? Yes. Outbreak 2 starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> and then Jean-Claude hit on Rachel Green, played by Jennifer Aniston. But Monica Geller, played by Courtney Cox, had a thing for him. And she was mad at Rachel. And then they got in a big fight between the two of them because of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Because they both wanted to date him. Wow. Anything else? Uh, no, I think you covered it. <laughs> um, Shipyard. You know, what was also interesting, too, is the kombucha monkey community kombucha? really was upset. Kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> the kombucha monkey? I did say that. <laughs> uh, well, that's totally destroyed the joke I was going to make. <laughs> but a lot of probiotics, so he has it. no diseases. He alluded to it making kombucha. You never really saw the jugs anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> is this orange juice or kombucha <laughs> capuchin i'm sorry i really said kombucha <laughs> down southern is like blow them up <laughs> <laughs> oh all right so do you want to say your joke again no no well, the joke was i was gonna say <laughs> say the kombucha monkeys <laughs> um but anyways their community though was very upset by the making of this movie. Oh, yeah. It really set them back on uh, their image. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, we're trying to get all these movie roles. Your kombucha joke was better. <laughs> was... <laughs> Sorry, the kombucha overshadowed the anything that could have uh, been funny. My, ne- my Netflix special is coming out where I just mispronounce words. Uh... <laughs> oh, man, that was good. Almost like the Dollywood. Oh, oh yeah. God. That's right. <laughs> Dollywood. Oh man. I've been quarantined for too long. With just kombucha and Dolly Parton movies. Oh. All right. So let's move on. Let's talk about this amazing finale and uh how nineties it really is. So I'm gonna do a I did a quick play by play. Uh let's talk about everything that happens. Practically from when Robbie gets infected, Billy informs Sam that, you know, they're going to blow up this town. And that's why the military is evacuating. So basically, Sam and Major Salt, a.k.a. uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. um, So they are going to go off on this crazy quest to like because the clock is ticking. And so essentially they they steal a helicopter they fly to a ship. No, no, no. They fly to a public records mm-hmm. office, find out the ship that was carrying this. because Oh, because the, uh, they interrogated the guy, and then they found out that he helped him like smuggle out a monkey. Yes. So they have to find out where that ship was coming from. Yeah. So they go to the public records, 
And then that lady... That lady <laughs> admits that she's sleeping with some other woman's husband. Oh, yeah, God, that was so weird. <laughs> it's so strange. Closer than I'd like to admit or whatever. Closer than like, his like, wife would fuck? like. <laughs> like, what? Like, whoa. So they are... This is... Finding the cure is just successful because she's committing adultery. Yes. Thank uh, God. It's so Thank crazy. God for like adultery. that's what the best they could come up with. Like, you know, it'd be really it would be great funny that if, if she's if sleeping with woman... someone. At the, that shipyard really has crazy people. Because women for. really are the heroes of this story. <laughs> Tell it to Robbie. Because meanwhile, Robbie's just laying on a Robbie's bed, just dying. With, like bloodshot eyes. Like I wish I had a bigger role, but still looks beautiful. Oh, God. Yeah. Kevin Spacey, not <laughs> Kevin so much. Kevin Spacey's got blood coming out of his eyeballs. But heard... Renee Russo just looks like she's wearing pretty makeup. I heard I heard Sam has a crush on you. <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh. I, have a, I have a slight cold. My nose is a little red. I know. She just looks so cute. She just looks cute. Because she can't look gross when Dustin Hoffman eventually uh, takes his right. beer off to kiss her. Or he'd be like, whoa. He'd be like, whoa, you look pretty rough. Yeah. Actually, Casey like, you know looks better. You can have the dogs. <laughs> Keep them. All right. And I also, I misspoke because they found out that they don't know if it was a monkey. They just know that he worked at this shipyard. I <laughs> shipyard. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and, and we knew that. Uh, security because someone uh, was getting interrogated said like I helped him smuggle something out so in the ship public records in the shipyard. I didn't say it so they they go to the public records find out uh, what ship would have came in and then they f- take the helicopter so this is all in like a span of like what like four hours because then they f- they take the helicopter all the way to this ship Dustin Hoffman has a jump off the helicopter to make it on the ship. <laughs> Which, again, is why I don't think Dustin Hoffman was the first choice. It was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Wait, he's not an action star? He doesn't jump off he's, things? Right. And it would have been quirky if, like, they had kind of... Because they sort of addressed the fact that he wasn't the kind of guy that jumps off things, but then he successfully does it, and you kind of... I want it to be a little more... A little more fun, a little like like Jonah Hill in in Twenty Two Jump Street jumping onto the helicopter thing. <laughs> That's a want, deep cut. You want a Jonah Hill to be this? They're gonna reboot it with Jonah they're Hill. They're rebooting. Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. Yes. Channing Tatum's like Channing sick. Tatum plays Renee Russo. <laughs> Who's gonna have the dogs? Um. Anyway, so he jumps off of the helicopter onto the ship. They show him the dead body. Show me his bunk. He finds a Polaroid of this monkey. Then he goes, that's it. So but then he, he apparently off camera jumps back onto the helicopter. Why is there a Polaroid of the monkey? Because the guy movie. that – Well, because movie. But they show that scene where the guy in the ship who took the monkey in was like feeding it bananas and like taking photos Oh, that's photos right. It, it was like up because he loved that monkey. Yeah. Convenient too for the plot. So anyways, like I said, also, monkeys make great pets. off camera, he jumps back onto the helicopter because there's no other way to get back on there. Then they go to, then they leave that ship wherever the fuck it is in the Pacific. Then they go to a TV. It was in the fog. Then they go to a TV studio that we already talked about. Hold everyone like hostage at gunpoint. Hostage. <laughs> like. It's like, crazy. No, jail. Yes. Do like, you know how illegal that is? Uh, That's a federal crime. 
they take over the broadcast and show a picture of a monkey. Which they would have cut at that point because you have people with guns. You would have cut the feed. Yeah. And then this this mom who is make, doing the dishes goes, oh, my God, that's the monkey my daughter drew. Yeah, daughter. What's her name? I don't know. Calls their hotline but calls the CDC. And the CDC breaks protocol and calls these two, like, Rogue terrorists. Agents. Yeah. <laughs> And then they go fly while being shot at by the cops that are just a little too late, fly all the way to wherever this this cabin is, and then have a whole standoff where this little girl has to, like, try to feed apples to Betsy. They use use a seven-year-old girl as bait. (laughs) Yeah, that was weird. Then Cuba Gooding Jr. has a has a gun, like a trank gun. But first, Dustin Hoffman has to convince the little girl to be bait. And he's like, if if we hurt your monkey friend, you can punch me in my nose and look how big my nose is. Yeah. Then they get the monkey and then get back in the helicopter. Then Donald Sutherland has a dogfight with them in the sky. And then they blow up part of the forest, which, by the way, California is burning. So no, I bet they I created a wildfire. Well, no, no, no. We're not even there oh, wait, yet. I'm talking there. about the dogfight with the helicopters where... That's um, right. Uh, Dustin Hoffman and Cuba Gooding Jr. shoot like like a like a, a rocket or whatever at the ground to like... To make like, it seem like they diversion, exploded. Like they crashed. So the, the, the forest is on fire. So they have enough time to get back to Cedar Creek mm-hmm. um, to then... They have the monkey... So then they synthesize its blood really quick to make, like, the cure. Because right. I guess that just go- happens Suits really easy. quick. Then Dustin Hoffman takes off his whole outfit to kiss Robbie. And it's like, we got the cure. Are you sure about that? No. No, because we haven't tested it on anyone yet. But I'm going to risk my life just to give you one smooch. Who's got the dogs? And then, <laughs> and, the then dog? and then to top it off after all of that, they get back. In the helicopter to stop the bombers for blowing up the town. Because they're like, we have a cure now. But wait, the bombers don't know. All of this happens in like four <laughs> hours of real life time. It's crazy. <laughs> Max, so play suspension play. of disbelief. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. The heli- helicopter. Helicopter. Public records. Public <laughs> helicopter. Public records. Ship. Shipyard, uh, TV, stu- TV studio, little uh, girl's house, little girl's house, back back to town, then back to stop a bomber, just in time to to, to have, have a, a talk cocktail. with them, to have a talk with them, to convince <laughs> them to not blow up the town because they're still getting the orders, blow them up, smoke them, nuke them, kill everybody, but they but he's verbally convincing them because now he's a hostage negotiator. To not blow up the town. Yeah, and Hi, it's me, Dustin Hoffman. You might remember me from such films as Rain Man and Tootsie. Please don't follow your military orders. Listen to me. I just broke into a newsroom so if, an if hour ago. Do, do it because you think I'm crazy. Like, but it's funny, for all the craziness <laughs> that they do, still General McClintock has full support from everyone because he's, like, waving around the support from the president, like, nah, 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 I have a report <laughs> to kill everyone. I, meh, I get my way. And, like, even when he's on the broadcast saying we have the cure, he's like, blow him up, that's an order. Yeah. <laughs> kill everyone, that's an order. Like, this is super weird that, like, this exists. <laughs> like, there's this one guy and everyone else is like, well, he is the general. He doesn't want to kill everybody. We have to kill the 3,000 people. Look, we have a cure for this. Well, he says blow him up. Listen, she already said goodbye to her kids. And it's funny when um, 
when Dustin Hoffman like breaks the news that like, do you think the president has all this information? Like, I mean, like that's really good thing to question. Actually, I'm pretty sure the president's (laughs) like, dude, I don't care what he says. Even if we cured everyone, we're gonna blow up these people. We need to get this done today. Everyone agreed to it It in that meeting where the other guy who we don't know got really mad. Do you know how many years it's been since we've blown up a whole innocent town? I am getting (laughs) restless, and this will happen, and I will get my way. Sounds familiar. I want to point out as well where um, Morgan Freeman grabs the radio and he's like, damn it, Sam, you're in direct order of like blah, blah, blah. Do you know that if you're in their line of sight, they cannot do that? Like, you know, they can't complete this mission. And, and it was like this. And then Donald Sutherland takes it back from him and goes, what are you doing? You just told them. Morgan Freeman's like gives him this little look like, like yes, I, yes did. I did. Get busy living and get busy dying. <laughs> That was the last I saw of it. Just gives him this little look, like, like uh, it's uh, you know that popular <laughs> gif that you see on like Twitter and stuff where uh, it's the man like tapping his, tapping his forehead like, yeah, like, smart thinking yeah. or yeah. something. I just felt like that was the moment where he's like, mm. mm. what are you doing? That was a tricky move. <laughs> you can't drop the bomb on the town if you uh, dropped it in the ocean already. So, <sighs> it's pretty ridiculous ending. I mean. Matt, do you have any more to add about this like, crazy <laughs> I, 95 I mean, it just the goes off the rails. Like, when they're... Yeah, yeah just the dogfight. Like, playing chicken in the sky. Like, what is happening in this movie? This I thought this was, like, a, a viral thriller. And it's just an, ex, like, explosion movie. It's just... Yeah, it's, like, everything just action-packed. And it just felt like the virus was such a... Like a minor story after a while. It this really movie. 90s it was hard. just and they like we, we we brought this up at the beginning too. It felt like like it was clue or some kind of mystery thing of like we have to figure out it was the monkey on the ship. Uh, but don't just, tell your audience. And again, back to contagion, that was the beauty of it is starting with day two and you're going through different stories and different experiences. You get to follow along with Kate Winslet and her journey on yeah, trying yeah. to figure this out and her role in that. And you're following along Matt Damon and his journey with what's going on. And you're jumping through time here and there to like fast forward through things that are happening. Um, but everything has a has a purpose and you as an audience still don't know where this all started and what that mystery is. There was literally no mystery to any of the audience during this whole thing. There was no, like, revelation. There was or, zero like, revelation. Kind of, yeah. The I think the biggest revelation... No, because we even knew that that wasn't the monkey. <laughs> like, <laughs> the monkey getting better didn't... Like, I think that was the biggest surprise, was yeah. that other monkey getting better, because then you're like, oh, I still don't understand what that means, but cool, the monkey's better. Oh, okay. So I have the perfect analogy for this, actually. This movie, just because this holiday just recently passed, this holiday is as if you're the parents and you hide Easter eggs in the backyard, mm-hmm. and then you're watching the kids find them. Yeah. And it felt like this movie was, I know where they all are. And you're like, it's right there. Get, but, no, oh, it's right there. It's so, it's so cute watching them run around. and they, Oh, they just passed one. They haven't even figured it out yet. And then meanwhile, your one shitty kid is like, I'm going to blow up everybody. <laughs> what? You've got one kid that just wants to blow up the backyard. <laughs> Damn it, I'm not going to look for these eggs. I'm going to kill people. Damn it. I'm a military man. It is. This movie yeah, is Instead Easter. of looking for the eggs, he just blows them all up. Blows up the entire <laughs> landscape. I have an order from the neighborhood that we can kill everybody. Take out the <laughs> Easter bunny. Um, you know, sometimes when I watch movies like this, I just wonder what it was like for uh, Keith or Sutherland. 
growing <laughs> to up. To be like, that's my dad. <laughs> yeah, dad's the dick. He <laughs> <laughs> just uh, won't ever listen. <laughs> yeah. He won't listen to reason. <laughs> I wonder. She should do a podcast uh, keeps, about the, uh, Keeper Sutherland's sure. use. He keeps going, I'm in charge. I'm sure Donald Sutherland's a nice man. Sure. Just... So let's see if we can get to the Keith cast. Keith cast. <laughs> well, this was a lot of fun. I mean, any... <laughs> I mean, we covered a lot of crazy ground. Anything else you guys want to bring up about this movie? I mean, we're covering a bunch now. No, I just have oh, no. one thing to say. It's Hollywood, get real. These Good virus real. movies. <laughs> Should we rate this um, virus movie? Uh, one more thing I'd like to bring up too, because uh, I did make a note of this. Um, when the town is getting like so, going back to when the disease is spreading, and it's outbreak, and they're uh, basically closing off the town. Uh, it's interesting because there's some parallels a little bit to the quarantine that we're facing now. Of everyone's being told to stay inside their homes. Mm-hmm. If you're infected, please go get tested. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I'm not making a political statement at all, but we've seen in the most recent weeks uh, people getting restless and protesting um, against this stay at home order. And I don't want to get as much into, you know, like where you guys fall on, uh, you know, those actions. Well, I think, you know, Uh, yeah, but, you know, we're we're unbiased here. You know, we're like, but I thought it was interesting that the movie had their own version of what these protesters are doing. Where they had the two families with the pickup trucks. Like, right. They were just escaping. Because everyone's trying to leave. Them. Oh, like, yeah. Come on, let's get, get the shot. fuck out of here. <laughs> Dude, and one of them gets blown up. gets blown up because they need more explosions. There was an explosion quota in this movie that they had to hit. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because I'm, it's not a direct parallel, but it was an example of basically they're ordering everyone to stay inside uh, while they're trying to contain this and they're working, you know, the best possible to eliminate this. Um it was like those two families in the pickup trucks kind of like yeah like they i i, I feel like i want to say there's just american flag on the back of the truck but yeah. I, I don't know if that was accurate uh maybe it was a but they were in pickup flag. trucks <laughs> um every the whole family and the cab. but yeah they just basically like fuck this this drive out of here and they one of them gets blown up by a helicopter yes yeah. um, insane. <laughs> pretty wild yeah Watching that uh, yesterday, but, I was but just again, like, oh it my might God. just be because, like, think about if that were really happening, maybe we wouldn't have so many protests if people were getting blown the fuck well, up. Oh yeah, if we were wow, killing people, a... there definitely would be less. <laughs> yeah, Juliet, that's very uh, so Donald bad. Sutherland approach. <laughs> Juliet is slowly becoming Donald Sutherland. It's like you know, we'd have less problems if we just blew just things blew up. up, destroy them all. <laughs> I just thought that scene was pretty great because it's yeah. just it's like the movie needs to have all this like 90s style like action pace to it where it's like there can't be any like downtime. It's got to be like this intense pick it up scene like with the music and it's kind of I don't know. It has this like feeling like, oh, my God, will they escape? Nope. They blew up because nope. <laughs> <laughs> there's the people in the helicopter. We, we get a chance to look at their perspective from it. They're like, what's wrong with these people? And then they start shooting guns at their window. They're like, what the heck? They had it coming. And then they gun them down and blow them up. Had it coming. This okay. I think it, I think we're time to rate this movie. Yeah. Um, we're gonna be how many kombuchas? <laughs> um, how many out of five kombuchas? So let's just go around. We'll start with you, Matt. 
general just overall thoughts about this movie would you recommend it and how many kombuchas do you give this thing? uh i definitely recommend it it's great it was very nostalgic for me especially if you're our age uh late 20s um then you'll love this <laughs> movie uh yeah i thought it was great three out of five kombuchas nice 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 juliet uh i will also give it three out of five um I think in this current day and age where we have a chance to watch a lot of movies, if you don't mind a good uh, a quarantine theme movie, uh, an outbreak is a great thing to watch. Um, I like the monkey, obviously. Uh, the the um, It didn't age well as far as uh, two lead characters uh, being a part of the Me Too. Yeah, this cast is uh, a problem. Problematic. Yep. It's safe to say they're... This is a problematic 90s cast, uh, but as far as being stuck in a quarantine, uh, you want to watch some themed movies about a disease ripping through a town, give it a watch. Love it. But be aware. (laughs) Well, it's hard on a rewatch because it's very understandable if you'd watch this movie now and kind of go, I do not like these three guys. Um so, yeah, that does kind of make the rewatch hard. But I would say, uh, with all that aside, it's understandable to want to watch Outbreak and Contagion, given the state of uh, COVID-19, mm-hmm. um, be- being stuck at home, quarantining, all the social distancing. It makes sense because we're watching a lot of movies. And I think Contagion and Outbreak, if you put them next to each other, Contagion makes it kind of real. Whereas Outbreak, it was funny how I've actually upon rewatching this really did not have any fear about this virus the whole time and it actually just kind of becomes an exciting nostalgic 90s movie yeah just full of action and uh i think it still delivers on a fun rewatch but as far as like a movie to take itself seriously uh could have been way better mm-hmm. but i'm gonna land in that middle as well i'm going three kombuchas <laughs> uh with a with a splash of dempsey Ooh. and <laughs> um <laughs> problematic cast but uh the movie was pretty entertaining and you know topical you know because uh, there's a virus going on right now so yeah outbreak not not good but not bad right um yeah and also if anything goes bad just blow it up yep <laughs> blow up the movie all right well Thank you all for listening to the show and, you know, thank you, Juliet and Matt, for this was a lot of fun uh, breaking <laughs> down this pretty ridiculous uh, mid-90s film. Uh, Matt, uh, we, we hope that you're doing well in Arizona because it's, uh, it's been over a month now. Yeah, I'm uh, self-isolating oh. here with my monkey, my kombucha monkeys that I have uh, <laughs> in a sweatshop. They're just making just jugs and jugs of it, getting ready yeah, for uh, uh, to come out and sell it. And if and if anyone out there listening is feeling any symptoms, please go see uh, Outbreak. <laughs> go <laughs> demand in say, theaters. I would say if you're wondering, you know, what what should I do if I'm showing symptoms? I would definitely suggest do not do what Patrick Dempsey does. Do not get on a Don't plane. Don't get on a plane and go see your girlfriend. And uh, also try to like sell a. A monkey well, to a, uh, a local well, pet store. Well, here's another PSA for you. If you have trouble selling a monkey to a pet store, don't just leave it in the woods somewhere. Someone will buy no. the monkey. Especially where the Ewoks live. <laughs> and I know it would be tempting to take the monkey home with you, even though, I'm sorry, I'm already hitched. Does he say that <laughs> yes. to the monkey? <laughs> yeah, well, that's weird. What if we... 
Yeah. Sorry, I'd take you home, but I'm already hitched. Oh my god. That wasn't a good Dempsey. You think it sounded like Jack Nicholson or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, uh, this was fun. Thanks, Matt. We'll uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Hollywood, get real. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to talk to you again when we can film you in. Like film, that's what they all say. Great movies, it's the American way. I wish they had a show where they reviewed movies, which they do. It's called the Filming You In Show.